This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare, our newest sponsor, which I'll talk about in just a moment. Together on this show, we will unpack faith and life. We are not necessarily experts, but rather fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right but we hope will be convincing coming to you from the unpacking it ministries studio in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm Bryce Johnson. We'll be joined by Harrison Zuckerberg in just a moment from Texas today on the show. We will talk all about what happened in week eight. It's, it's getting to that midway point of the season. So a lot to evaluate as we make moves and, and prepare for the stretch run. And, and I'll, I'll share kind of my status of where I'm at in my fantasy leagues in just a moment. Uh, but we do want to talk about the, the waiver wire today, the big news in the NFL, especially with injuries to Henry, Jameis Winston, uh, the sad story with, with Henry Ruggs, uh, a lot going on. So, uh, so we'll, we'll jump right in. But first, I want to thank our new presenting sponsor, MetaShare. So my wife and I, we've been thankful for, for MediShare as we've been a member for over five years. And so MediShare has provided us with an affordable and effective way to pay for healthcare. And, and so MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. And, and so as the nation's largest healthcare sharing community, MediShare members take comfort in knowing their eligible medical expenses will be shared by their community. And so uh, they're awesome. I'm thankful to be a member and, and thankful for them to be a partner here on the podcast as our presenting sponsor. So here we go. I'm Bryce. He's Harrison. Let's begin with some f- fantasy shenanigans and Harrison, how are you doing? How are you feeling about your current fantasy football status? I'm feeling pretty good, to be honest. So I'm in two different scenarios, I guess, across all of my leagues right now. In half of my leagues, I am in first place, you know, six and two, seven and one, just killing it, already probably locked in a playoff spot um, and doing great. And in the other half, I'm in the five and three, four and four range where I'm right in the middle of the pack, but I'm still hopeful because I think the moves that I've made will pay off later in the season and help me get over the hump when it is playoff time. I'm talking about investing in rookies and guys who will break out later. 
I've been hit with a lot of injuries. So getting David Montgomery back, getting Clyde Edwards Hilaire back, getting Travis Kelsey back, you know, I've struggled or not Travis Kelsey, uh, Kittle back the last Kittle. few weeks I've struggled with them out, but a few weeks from now, I'm hoping my team just going to be a juggernaut again. When it gets all of those guys back, I'm seeing the production, even though I may be a lower seed in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. You just have to get there. You just have to get to the playoffs. Doesn't matter if you're the one seed or the four seed. Doesn't really work. Home field advantage doesn't exist in fantasy. You just have to get there and do what you can with your opportunity. That's a great point. It's all about getting into the playoffs. And listen, one of my one of my leagues, I'm in first place, and it feels great. Tuesday morning, you, you wake up, you look at the standings, and you see your name at the top. And, and it's a it's fun. However, it's only week eight. And when the playoffs happen, to your point, it doesn't matter what the seed is because oftentimes a lot of the teams that actually did well early in the season and piled on some wins and are are higher in the standings, that doesn't mean they're the best team come playoff time. So I, I've won leagues, you know, sneaking into the playoffs or, or right in the middle of the pack. And so that's the key. So that's a good, good encouragement. We can enjoy it. And, and you know, it's more fun from a, a league banter standpoint to, to brag when you are in first place at whatever point it is during the season. But when it comes to actually winning fantasy championships, which is what we're all about here at fantasy football fellowship, other than playing with meaning and purpose throughout the season, it's winning the ring, baby. So there, there's two, there's my two rings. If you're, uh, if you're watching um, and now I've dropped it through, but, uh, but, but anyway, that's a good, good point. So for me, I'm, I'm at least 500 in all my leagues, which is nice. And, the one league I'm four and four in the, in the league that I'm in, I'm with you, Harrison, I've got the, the most points in the league. So I've had some tough losses, but some big weeks as well. So uh, overall feeling pretty good. And, and so uh, it gives me a little confidence as we talk fantasy today. So let's begin with, with I'm convinced, and then we'll do uh, a little bit of uh, accountability and confession, and then we'll do the playbook. Uh, this week's topic is about trying to control the outcome. And so, all right, here's what I'm convinced of. I was watching the games on Sunday, watching the red zone, and you know, you watch all these different broadcasts. And one of the common uh, elements to games nowadays and, and to broadcasts, having a rules analyst. Okay, so they give you, you know, oh, let's go to Mike Pereira, and hey, what, what, what are you seeing on this play? And it's fine. It helps. It's, it's okay. It fills the time when, you know, they're doing the review and, and all that sort of thing. However, I'm convinced what we need is a, a, a fixture on broadcasts, which is a fantasy analyst. I mean, we've got sideline reporters. We've got rules analysts. Where is the fantasy analyst during the game? Why, why are there 15 million people watching these games or 20 million, whatever the number is? They're playing fantasy. We want to know what's going on during the game. Now, in some ways, we can't change our lineups or, or anything like that. But I think that's what we're thinking as at least a, a good bit of us. And so let's add it to the game. Let's, let's not pretend like fantasy isn't happening and all we get is the little scroll underneath. I understand we can look at our phone and we can look at our scores and that's ultimately what we care about. But during the, the Philadelphia Eagles game and, and Detroit Lions game, we're all at home wondering, okay, wait a second. From a fantasy perspective, why is Boston Scott in there? which I'll talk about more in a second. You know, where's Kenneth Gainwell? What's going on? So, uh, so anyway, that's my big, my big idea. Eventually it will happen. I know it will, but I'm convinced it needs to happen starting this Thursday night. 
Oh yeah, I can fantasy analyst is. I completely agree that it will happen at some point, especially we're seeing like the national boom in sports betting this year getting legalized in uh, more states. You know, we're going to start to have people talking about uh, over-unders during the game and who to bet on to score a touchdown on this drive or that drive. And if we're talking about betting during broadcast, we might as well be talking about fantasy as well, because I'm sure even more people play fantasy than are actually putting money on the games. So I think that would be a really cool idea to have someone, you know, talking about especially with the Eagles running back situation this week you know get a reporter down there being like all right well Kenneth Gainwell hasn't touched the ball at all in the first quarter we're going to see him more in the second half which is what ended up uh, happening as the Eagles got that bigger lead but looking at different perspectives of you know how what's going on in the game impacts our fancy lineup I think that's definitely a cool idea yeah absolutely so uh, and I'm not a big gambling guy, so I, I don't I don't need a gambling expert during the games. Just give me a fantasy expert where you're looking at the stats and you're telling you know you're telling fantasy owners what what we want to know during the game during an actual game. All right, what are you convinced of this week, Harrison? So in light of the Derrick Henry news this week, which we'll talk about a little bit later, one thing that I'm considering at least thinking about is changing my running back strategy. Uh, for next year's draft obviously how we play fantasy year after year is influenced by what happens the previous year and going into this season you and I were both big guys on get the top running backs early now in a few cases where if you grabbed Austin Eckler and Derrick Henry up until this point that may have worked out for you but a lot of guys like Henry Clyde Edwards Hilaire David Montgomery Kareem Hunt Uh, Nick Chubb's been banged up a little bit, Saquon Barkley, Chris Carson, and even guys who, you know, were top running backs before the season even started, got injured in the preseason, Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins. These guys were all expected to be top contributors to your fantasy team from a running back standpoint. They've all gotten injured. And when you look at wide receivers, a lot of the top guys at wide receivers have stayed healthy, like Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Metcalf, uh, Godwin, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans. I mean, so I'm trying to think about going into next season. How can I capitalize on this trend? And one thing that we've talked a lot about during this you know, season of uh, the Fantasy Football Fellowship is grabbing you know, flyer running backs and backup running backs to sit on your bench because they're eventually going to become the starter. And this is really interesting to me thinking about you know, in drafts, we've seen this season that we can get running backs pretty much every single week off the waiver wire, just because someone's always injured. What if for next season, we just abandon the early running back mentality altogether, grab the wide receivers and pretty much bank on the fact that running backs are going to get injured at some point, and then just grab a ton of backups. I want to hear your opinion uh, on this. Yeah, so the in the fantasy world, it's the zero RB strategy that that gains a lot of attention and, and momentum. Um, I understand the philosophy, but like I look at my my number one team, my number one league. I drafted Austin Eckler, and then I, I even reached a little bit for Damian Harris, but but I was sold on him, and so those are my top two running backs, and they've they've been solid. Now, I, in some ways, I'm lucky that they they've been healthy, and then. I've just loaded up my bench with backup running backs. So I still have a tough time believing that you can hit on enough backup running backs throughout the whole season to really carry you. 
I still think you have to have a, a guy that out of your top three running backs, one of them has to be a legit starting running back for you for a majority of the season versus punting until, you know, I'm saying one of your top three, meaning a first rounder, a second rounder and a sixth rounder type of thing. Um, so I, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to go all that way, even though I'm Mr. Backup running back. Cause I got a ton of them on all my teams and I, I loaded up on Khalil Herbert and I've had Gainwell who was a letdown, but I'm, I'm real high on, uh, Samaj P. Ryan backing up Joe Mixon. I think he's going to be awesome down the stretch, but, but I also still have Mixon in leagues too. Cause for now he's, he's a, a high caliber. Well, he got in the end zone anyway. He's, he's a mid tier RB one, but, um, but yeah, I, I still, a number of those running backs, you know, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire was still a little bit of a toss up going into this season. Chris Carson's always injured. Uh, Saquon has always been injured. So I, I, I avoided him. There were, there were still some concerns about Miles Sanders. I chose not to keep him in one of my leagues. So I did go in uh, all in on David Montgomery, who's been a letdown. So anyway, I still think it comes down to certain players. McCaffrey was surprising that he's down another season. That's a, that's a huge letdown. And of course, Derrick Henry being a big surprise. However, if you listen to this podcast two weeks ago, I told you, I was convinced that Derrick Henry was not going to win your fantasy league and everybody rolled their eyes and thought I was crazy. Uh, and sure enough, now he's, he's out. So unfortunately I said, maybe you should trade him. I wasn't able to trade him before he goes down. So that was a, a big letdown on my end. So now I'm scrambling to figure out what to do. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's funny. You talked about your top fantasy team right now, having, you know, still solid running backs. I was just looking at my roster, my top team, you know, record wise, I actually took Christian McCaffrey with the number one overall pick and he's been out. But my team has been carried by Debo Samuel, Mike Williams, and Chris Godwin and and Calvin Ridley, which, you know, Calvin Ridley, we don't know what's going to happen there. But up until this point, it's been the receivers that have really carried me every week, uh, which has been interesting. Just you can win both ways in fantasy, I guess. You know what I think it ultimately comes down to is finding value at each of your draft picks. And 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 so there are, that's what makes fantasy so awesome. I don't think there's one formula or you know, one strategy that, that works every single time. I think it depends on the season. It depends on some of the luck of the, of the draw with, with injuries, but you just want to, to, as at the end of the draft, you've, you've gained value by the players that, that you've combined together. (laughs) And so it does take fantasy. That's where the fantasy skill is. You diversify. And so I think a lot goes into it versus you got to get a certain position in this round or that round. Like I got Cooper cup in the third round, but I drafted him as my number one wide receiver. And so I went into the season. All right. I'm, I got cup as my number one guy. I buy into Stafford, but I was able to get him a little bit later instead of paying the price for a Devonte Adams. So it's it, there, there again, there is a, a, a way to different ways to do it, but I, I appreciate your perspective and, and questioning of top running backs and drafting them early. There, there's definitely a case to be made. Um, I just, I don't know if I've got the guts to do it, to, to, to go yeah. all in on only back. And just one, one final point, I guess, on this is um, if you had one of these top running backs on your team and they got injured and you think your season's now over, don't give up. One of my, uh, a few years ago, if you remember the season when Le'Veon Bell sat out for the entire season, Oof. I took him with my first round draft pick, kept him on my bench the whole year thinking that he was going to play. 
never played, and I still won my fantasy league that year. So Whoa. it is possible, even if you don't have your top player, to still win the championship. Like you said, if you find value at other positions, make some good trades and, and waiver wire pickups. I like it. That's encouraging. All right, before we get to the playbook, a little bit of accountability and confession. The one for me, I mentioned it, Kenneth Gainwell, who I've been so high on. It's like, oh, Miles Sanders is down. Now it's Gainwell's chance. But the Eagles dominated the Lions, and they did it with Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard's still in the league. I mean, what are you talking about? Two touchdowns. And, right, I think he got in twice. It was, they were piling it on, and, and I'm like, oh, Gainwell, hello. Can we get, can we get Gainwell some love? Because I put him in at least a couple starting lineups. And so I was wrong on that, and I, I was like, ah, I don't want Boston Scott. Don't pick up Boston Scott. Uh, totally whiffed on that. I don't think anybody thought of Jordan Howard, so I don't have to own that. But I will own going against Boston Scott. So that, that was my big whiff of the week. What about for you? Um, mine was one that I mentioned at the end of the show last week when we were talking about tight ends to pick up and maybe play if your tight end was on a bye week these next few weeks or last week. Uh, and that was Mo Ali Cox. And he had zero catches for zero yards and zero touchdowns for zero fantasy points. So quite possibly the worst person that you could have picked up uh, <laughs> to be your tight end this week. So I apologize on that one. Uh, if, I, if you ended up picking him up and starting him, hoping to get maybe a, a lucky touchdown and you got nothing. You did tell me about Ricky Seals Jones, and he he did okay. I, for I me. did here yeah. and there, here and there. He was okay the last couple of weeks. Um, all right, let me jump into the playbook, and it's the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook. And so each week on the show, we go through one of the 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 sessions from the book. You can order yours on fantasyfootballfellowship.com or find it in Amazon. It's not too late to get the book for this season. Uh, you can even have it ready to go for next year. So. Um, Last week, we talked about counting the cost and the waiver wire. And now this week, it's all about trying to control the outcome. And as fantasy football owners, you know, what do we do each week? We set our lineups. We, we do as much research as we can. We figure out, okay, you know, who's going to have the big game? Who do we put in? Who do we bench? Who do we pick up off waiver wire? And, off the waiver wire? And then the games kick off at 1 o'clock on Sunday. And what do we have to realize? It's all out of our control. We sit back and we sit on our couch and we watch the games and we're, we're probably guilty of yelling at the TV saying, all right, run the ball right here to, to our running back. Okay, throw it to my receiver. Throw it to my receiver. All right, all right, my tight end's open. My tight end's open. And, and we try to control the offensive coordinator. We try to th- you know control the quarterback to throw to our guy or tell the head coach, hey, you got to start running the ball more. and it's out of our hands. Like we can't do it because all we, all we can do is set our lineup and realize that <laughs> these games that take place on Sunday, they're, they're not all about us. <laughs> they're the, the players are the ones that are out there playing. The coaches are out there coaching and we're at home having to uh, having to watch. Um, and so even though we, we think that they care about helping our fantasy team win, uh, they actually don't. Um, and the quote that I put at the beginning of this chapter, it says, I'm just trying to keep the fantasy people happy. Peyton Manning, uh, after rushing in for a touchdown in back-to-back games. And of course he's being sarcastic, but, um, so, but that's kind of how that's our approach. We, we, we want these players to do what we, we think they should do, uh, for our fantasy team. And sometimes we're even crazy in, in that, like we, we want quarterbacks to, uh, 
you know, throw on third and one or, you know, ridiculous scenarios that don't make any sense to, to use our player in that spot on the field. But um, that's what we do as fantasy owners. And so how does this relate to our own lives? How does this relate to the Bible? Well, we struggle with wanting to control things in our own lives. And, and, and we try to control people. We try to get people to do what we want. We also try to control God. And we don't, we don't like when he doesn't do what we think he should do or doesn't intervene like we think he should or uh, we want to control him. And we, we want to be the God of our, our own world and the center of our own world. And we forget that he's the God of the universe, that he's in ultimate control. And, and so, you know, when things are out of our control and they don't go according to our plan, we very easily can get you know, anxious, worried, impatient, disappointed, angry, discouraged, because we do think the world revolves around us. And so even in these moments when we think we want to control something or we're frustrated that we aren't in control, the first thing we have to recognize is what it says in Philippians, where it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so the, the way to combat this, this tug or this pull that, oh, I want to be a control, I want to be a control, is we want to be at peace. And we do that by, by not worrying and, and letting go. And, and, and similar to you know fantasy, we have to sit back and enjoy the games. Now, when things aren't going our way, of course, it's, you know, fantasy-wise, we get frustrated and all that, but it's out of our control. So we can be at peace knowing, hey, I had the opportunity to put guys in my lineup. I did what I, I thought, and, and that was it. And so in life, yeah, there are things that, that we can control, and we can control our attitude, and we can control, uh, you know, obeying God and, and reading his word and following him and seeking him and trusting him and yielding to the Holy Spirit. Those are the things that we can do. Um, and then we ultimately have to have faith in his power and a belief that he knows what he's doing and he's in control. And so instead of trying to manipulate him or convince him to do things our way, we can find freedom when we let go and truly trust him. And so in Psalm, uh, Psalm 115 says, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. And so just like in fantasy, we, we do what we're capable of doing. And then we give our best effort. We set our lineup. And then we sit back and watch God move and do what he knows is best. Proverbs 16.9 tells us we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Proverbs 19.21, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. And so this week, as hard as it, as it is to let go and trust the outcome of our fantasy matchups, let's be reminded we also control very little in life. So let's be reassured that when we place our hope and faith in Jesus, we can have peace in knowing the one who is in control will provide us the best outcome. And so that's what we cling to today. So uh, let's find, uh, yeah, peace in that, in that truth. And uh, fantasy-wise, <laughs> we got to trust these players. We got we to trust our own drafting ability uh, and then set our lineups and, and sit back and enjoy. So there you go. That's this week's. Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook Session, trying to control the outcome. Let's get into the big storylines of the week and, and, and bring Harrison back in for this. And, of course, 
yeah, the number one story in fantasy is, is Derrick Henry going down for the Titans. And, and so there are a couple different ways to look at it. Let me take the, okay, now what with the offense? And, and Harrison, you can maybe specifically speak to the waiver wire and, and what, how fantasy owners can respond. So for me, I, I've got Ryan Tannehill. And, and you never want to celebrate an injury, but I actually believe that the Derrick Henry injury is going to help Tannehill in a big way fantasy-wise. He's going to throw more. They're not going to be as, as run heavy. Henry's not going to steal the touchdowns. So Tannehill will run more, and he's going to get A.J. Brown involved more. We can, we can hope that Julio Jones will one day be healthy. Don't hold your breath, but maybe. Um, maybe they'll start using Josh Reynolds a little bit more. Maybe Fersker will get involved a little bit more. Um, and so I think the, the Titans are still in a position to be a good, strong, solid team competing for a playoff spot the rest of the way. In many ways, still competing for, not in many ways, they are still competing for the AFC South, especially after beating the Colts. So they're going to be in the mix. Um, so I like Tannehill. But now there's a big hole at the running back position. So Harrison, are you buying Jeremy McNichols, Adrian Peterson? What do you think? Yeah, so I think this is a really interesting situation because you have two complete opposite types of running backs. You have Jeremy McNichols, who really has only had, you know, two or three carries a game uh, this season, is not a between-the-tackle running backs, but more of a pass-receiving threat. And then you have Adrian Peterson, who is going to come in and be that big body, we assume, uh, in between the tackles and probably take a lot of goal line work there. Um, from a fantasy standpoint, I'm not going super heavy into either of these players just because I do think it will be a running back by committee. And I think overall they will be throwing the ball a lot more than they were. I don't think you're going to now see, you know, Derrick Henry was getting 35 carries some games. I don't think you're going to see that with Adrian Peterson or Jeremy McNichols getting anywhere close to 35 rushing attempts during a game. Um, so if I were to go target a running back on the waiver wire, I would go take McNichols because of the passing work that I think he's going to get. I would rather, if, if this is going to be a true running back by committee, have the guy who's also going to get receptions as well in PPR formats or even half PPR formats, and the guy who's already been on the roster, they already do trust, who I think you know this week in particular will be the guy, and we may see uh, Peterson get worked in slowly, but I would not grab Peterson this week and expect him to get 25 carries just going into the game. I would take McNichols. I wouldn't count McNichols on getting a huge workload as like an RB1 who will actually replace Derrick Henry. But as a nice flex play and see what he can do, I think that would be uh, someone worth investing in. So this is, it's too late now. But to me, McNichols should have been on rosters already. And the fact that he's still on the waiver wire is crazy, but you're going to have to pay a ton to get him now on your roster. And Gosh, yeah, I, I, I kicked myself a little bit because I kind of <laughs> saw this coming. Um, but the reality is it's such a drop-off to McNichols that it's, it's really not worth going all in on your waiver wire. I mean, unless your running back situation is just so bleak. But that's why I talked about a couple weeks ago. Like, if you were so reliant on, on Derrick Henry and, like, he was carrying you every single week and, that's, and you were, like, just skating by winning, you're done. Like, your season's over. And, and you hate to be that that but that's the reality. Now, if you were still like, he was just kind of getting you 
little bit extra, so you're blowing everybody out because of Henry, then you're still alive. And, and there are still some other options. And if you can get McNichols for a decent price, that's great. And you have reasonable expectations. Yeah, I think the flex spot expectation is a, is a good one. Um, but yeah, he, he just, ha- I just haven't seen it yet out of him to where it's like, Ooh, this guy's going to come in and, and really be the, no, for one, Henry's in a league of his own. Um, so I, I wouldn't expect it. And then with Peterson, that, that's just a nice veteran player. I mean, he might have one good game here or there or every other week do something, but yeah, you're not going to get that consistency, um, down the stretch. So. Yeah, I, I see Peterson purely as a touchdown play for fantasy. I don't think he's going to get enough attempts to get the yardage consistently. It's going to be more if they're on the one-yard line and they give it to him just to try to 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 bull rush it in up the middle because that's not the type of back that uh, McNichols is. They won't be doing that with him. I think Peterson will strictly be the power goal line back there. Um, and McNichols will get the work in the passing game. He'll get like four or five receptions, which is fine for a flex running back if that's what we're looking for. But yeah, I would not expect him to be carrying you to any championships. So the other big storyline is Calvin Ridley stepping away from football. And so you know, a lot of layers there, a lot of personal stuff for him that he's he's going to have to work through. And we, we hope the best for him and, and root for him on a, on a personal level. But from a fantasy standpoint, you know, what does this mean for Atlanta? I know I was surprised Russell Gage had a big zero last week. Um, so, I I mean, I've been out on Atlanta this year, and this just adds to that. So, uh, I happen to have Russell Gage on, on a bench, and so I'll, I'll at least want to see how it plays out for a couple more weeks. Um, but, man, poor Matt Ryan. I don't think he got traded today, but, man, I, I'd be begging to get out of there uh, if I was him. But uh, but Kyle Pitts kind of took a step back last week. So, um, you know, fantasy owners that, that invested heavily in Cal- Calvin Ridley, you know, I don't think you can drop him because we just don't know how long he's going to be gone, but man, it, that's going to, it's going to eat a hole on your bench for, cause he's not, I don't think he'll get an IR designation. So I don't even think you can stash him on the IR spot. Maybe, maybe you, I don't know. I, I, you have him on your team. Does, the IR spot I have, pop up. I have him on a few and he's listed as just out right now, not on the IR, oh. just out. So oh. I think you can put him on IR. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well then that, yeah, then you just, you just hang on to him in that regard. All right. So what, what else do you think just about Atlanta overall now? Yeah. I mean, the Atlanta wide receiver is like position right now is just really weird. If you look at either Russell Gage or Tajay Sharp, because you know, two weeks ago it was Russell Gage having a decent game. Then he has zero this week and Tajay Sharp has a decent game. And I don't really know who's going to be the number one guy there. I think the number one wide receiver on this team is Kyle Pitts. And that's how people should view this team. The number two wide receiver is Cordero Patterson, even though he's technically listed as a running back. Those are the two top guys in the offense where I think overall the Atlanta offense is going to struggle because of this. Um, But those two guys should get a lot of targets moving forward from Matt Ryan because, again, it's going to be a team that's going to be losing. He has to throw the ball to someone. Um, and the whole Kyle Pitts thing this weekend being disappointed, I'm not too worried about it from a fantasy standpoint going forward because he had Stephon Gilmore guarding him all game for the Panthers. And it's it's not easy for anyone to get open against Stephon Gilmore, especially not a rookie. So I wouldn't be too worried about him only having two catches this weekend. That's right. As a Panthers fan, it was great. So lo- love that side of it. Uh, the third big storyline is Henry Ruggs in Las Vegas. And I mean, this is a tragedy. Uh, Apparently, you know, still we got to get some information, but 
he, he's getting charged with a DUI and killed someone with his car. And, and so this is major, major stuff. So I, I'm not equipped to, to get into all of that. Um, but so that's, I mean, that's unbelievable. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, I have a, I was wondering if it was going to unravel in Las Vegas. I'm wondering if this is one more thing, you know, you got the Gruden thing. Now this, can they keep it going? I, I don't know. They're coming out of a buy. Um, you know, he's been a, a decent weapon so far, but Waller's been banged up. We'll see if he comes back. Uh, Hunter Renfro is the most solid guy you can probably count on. So this probably increases his value a little bit. Maybe uh, Brian Edwards uh, a little bit. Maybe he gets more involved. But deep down, I'm I'm probably selling on the Raiders. I, I Jacobs has been like a little banged up here and there. I mean, if he, if he stays out there, he still puts up pretty good numbers. And I still would rather have him than Drake. But man, this just one more thing with Las Vegas. I, I I'm nervous about it. Yeah, especially for a team that showed so much promise with the hot start that they had and like beating the Ravens week one. I mean, it really says something, though, about Derek Carr and his character. And I'm a big believer in, in Derek Carr and just him as a person, um, his leadership ability with this team to keep it all together with the Gruden incident. Yeah. And now we'll see if he can overcome this as well and how strong of a presence it's reported that he's been in the locker room. Uh, from a fantasy standpoint, I think that, you know, um, I don't see – Hunter Renfro's value going up too much because of this just because they played completely different roles in the offense. Hunter Renfro really was that, you know, short yardage guy where Henry Ruggs was the big deep threat. I would look into Brian Edwards a little bit, see how he does this week. And another guy who's a really deep sleeper, but again, talking about Derek Carr is the leader of this team and a guy who Derek Carr has talked about a lot and praised is Zay Jones has not gotten a lot of work in this offense, but has hit some big plays. And if they're looking as a guy to just be a pure deep threat replacement in this offense, he could play that Henry Ruggs role. And we know, you know, Derek Carr's talked about in post-game interviews how much he loves Zay Jones and his work ethic. I wouldn't go rush out to go grab Zay Jones off the waiver wire right now. But if after this week, you know, he has three or four catches or catches a big deep ball, then I think it might be interesting to look at him as well. That's a great name to, to remember for sure. Uh, no, you bring up a good point about Derek Carr, and, and he's an awesome guy. I root for him. I'm a fan. Uh, if anybody can keep that locker room together, it is him. I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, if they feel like the team that got off to a great start and it could unravel, but that's, that's just my, my gut feeling on that because like the Chargers, the Chiefs, were kind of like, oh, what about them? And the Broncos are fading. We know that. Um, Hopefully our boy Jerry Judy gets going here, though. Um, but I feel like the Chiefs and Chargers will finish the season strong, and then the Raiders and the Broncos will fa- will fall. So, uh, so that that will affect fantasy for sure. All right, let's uh, let's move the piece or panic, and then an investor pass. And so we'll run through uh, some different names here. Uh, speaking of the Chiefs, piece or panic: Travis Kelsey, four receptions, twenty-seven yards, Monday Night Football, and now on the season, only four double-digit games. And then four non-double-digit fantasy games. Um, I would lean toward panic because this was a number one pick for you. This was your first round draft pick, and you're expecting Kelsey's outperforming all the other tight ends, and and that's just not the case. We, we talked heavily about tight ends a couple of weeks ago and all the concerns about the position, but he was supposed to be the one lock. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna panic on on him right now. I mean, obviously you don't tr- you don't drop him. 
maybe you trade them. Maybe it's it's you consider it uh, if somebody else is still really buying into it. Um, but man, yeah, he's the Chiefs in general haven't obviously throughout the season haven't been as great as we anticipated. But they could play the Giants every week. That would help. Yeah, I would consider the Travis Kelsey trade if you have another solid tight end on your bench and you invested in tight end um, earlier in the season. You know, if you're going to trade Travis Kelsey and then hope to pick up, you know, someone random off waivers to be just as good, I would not expect that at all. Um, but if you have a solid second option, I would go dangle him out there and see if you can get someone to give you, you know, now that every RB is banged up, a good running back or receiver uh, in return. Because he's, even though we're panicking on him, he still is a top five tight end in the league with this lower production. So it's not like he's at all droppable or you can bench him. He still should be started in every single yeah. league. It's just, can you get that explosive upside that we've seen from him in the past? And I, yeah, I'm just not sure about that right now. All right. What about peace or panic? Your boy, Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I'm in, I'm panicking right now, about Antonio Gibson, just from the fact that, you know, he looks hurt if you watch the Washington games. And I think his usage the last three weeks has certainly looked like that. He's only had 32 carries in the last three weeks, you know, only eight carries this week. And he was really only brought in this week as a change of pace guy was not there heavy between the tackles. That was uh, Jarrett Patterson, who we'll talk about a little bit later on the waiver wire. Um, but I'm panicking with Antonio Gibson. Just because at this point, I wish that they would just put him on IR or shut him down for a game instead instead of like keep forcing him to play because a fantasy manager, it's just so hard to have a guy, you know, because he's you, you see that name Antonio Gibson and how much of a big play threat he is. And he can, you know, start of the season, he was playing super well. But now if he's only getting about half the workload that he really should and it's not even in high value you know, moments because he's not being used in the passing game that much. It's really concerning to me for his fantasy outlook, at least for the next few weeks. I wish they would just rest him, let him get healthy and get back to his, his old self, like from the beginning of the season. So I think a uh, similar thought process might have to be for, uh, for Kyler Murray as well, because he's playing with a bad ankle. It's he's not playing as, as well as, as he has shown early in the season. Maybe he needs a game off, maybe you know, just to to make sure that that he's healthy. Um, I guess they played Thursday, so they had a little bit longer of a of a break uh, before this week. But um, I I do think there is some concern. I wouldn't say a full on panic. Uh, he is on one of my teams, but I've been playing Stafford over him at least the last couple weeks, and probably will until I see Murray healthy and 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 rocking and rolling again. Um, we know that offense is awesome. They, they've been great. They, they should have won that game against Green Bay. I don't know what, it, what happened to A.J. Green, but um, I guess he ran the wrong route. So uh, some level of, of concern there. Um, but maybe, man, just get him healthy. Get him healthy. Um, all right, last one. Uh, what about D.J. Moore, peace or panic? Last week, four, four receptions, but eight targets. Um, the Panthers offense, you know, looked better, but not great. Darnold now with a concussion concern. Um, DJ Moore only 59 yards. The offense isn't lighting it up. Hoping to see Christian McCaffrey get back healthy soon. Um, are you panicking with the Panthers and specifically DJ Moore? I'm not necessarily panicking, but I just don't think their upside is as high as we thought it was earlier in the season. Earlier in the season, we were talking about Sam Darnold being a sleeper quarterback 
and DJ Moore being a top 10 receiver, McCaffrey being the number one overall running back, you know, injuries have played a part in that, but you know, I would still keep him on your team. Maybe not start him this week with the uncertainty at QB. We don't know if it's going to be uh, PJ Walker, if it's going to be Sam Darnold with the concussion, how healthy he can get um, in time. But I think once McCaffrey comes back, you know, I think McCaffrey once again is going to be the focal point of this offense. So I think that would temper my expectations for DJ Moore a little bit as well. All right, let's uh, jump into invest or pass. Um, and, and as far sorry, as far as my my thoughts on DJ Moore, um, I I would still. I mean, he's he's a wide receiver too at best, but he's probably more of a flex right now. Like that's that should be the expectation at, at least at the moment. So I, I've got him in at least at least one league. Um, so a little bit of a letdown lately. All right, investor pass. This is the waiver wire, and so we determine, all right, we're going to invest in this guy, we're going to go try to get him, or we're going to pass. Uh, let, let's start with Jamison Crowder and, and kind of the Jets in general coming off a win and our boy Mike White. Oh, my goodness. What in the world? Uh, I've always been a Jamison Crowder guy. I know there, there's talent there. I'm still not all in on the Jets. I, I just I, I feel like it was a nice, fluky game for them. Um, so I'm still... I've got Corey Davis already and I'll keep him on my roster. I'm probably not going to go out of my way uh, to, to get Crowder or, or anybody else. Uh, Michael Carter has been solid for sure. Rookie running back, but you probably draft, drafted him with, with high expectations. Um, what about Logan Thomas for you, Harrison? Yeah. So I think Logan Thomas could be interesting depending on when he comes back from injury. You know, if some of your league just dropped him instead of putting him on IR, you know, that could be an interesting play. We talked about the, uh, Kelsey trade before if you traded Travis Kelsey and then picked up Logan Thomas that would be something that I would be fine with because Logan Thomas when he is healthy I think will be a top tight end in fantasy um, you know he was really good the three weeks before he got injured and we've seen Ricky Seelis Jones be super productive in his absence even though the Washington football team hasn't been productive as a whole he's the tight ends have still put up numbers so I would like to see some people go and pick up Logan Thomas if he is available in your league. I think that's something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. All right. What about uh, Brandon Ayuk, who finally had a decent game in San Francisco? Garoppolo looked better uh, against your your Bears. Um, and then Debo Samuel somewhat banged up. He should play, but we'll see about that. Uh, I've been waiting for Ayuk. I, I've kept him on my, my one team. I actually traded for him earlier in the year. Um, I still like the talent and I still, I'm still holding out hope for San Francisco. So yeah, I would go, I would go snag Ayuk at a decent, decent value, uh, on the waiver wire. All right. What about Jarrett Patterson? You mentioned him earlier back up in Washington for Antonio Gibson. Yeah. So I know you watched Khalil Herbert a lot this off season. That was someone who really, uh, stuck out to you as a really talented running back who wasn't getting the hype as a rookie. For me, Jarrett Patterson with Washington, he was awesome in the preseason for the Washington football team. Really just dynamic runner, you know, short, low center of gravity, cuts in and out really quickly, but not a small guy necessarily, bigger guy too uh, for his size. I think he's a really talented running back, and we saw this week he was getting work early and often. I'm pretty sure he led the Washington football team in carries this week. 
uh, over Antonio Gibson. So if Antonio Gibson, they do decide, you know, to sit him or he sort of becomes someone they use more sparingly because of an injury or what have you. I think Jarrett Patterson, you know, they're on by this week, but could be someone interesting to pick up and keep mm-hmm. on your roster, maybe for a week. Cause you know, if, if, it ends up being that Antonio Gibson's fine after the bye week. All you needed was one week off, then fine. You can go drop Jarrett Patterson. But if this is a lingering thing, I think he's a really talented running back uh, who's a rookie. And if he gets an opportunity, could do pretty well for your fantasy team uh, as the guy for Washington in between the tackles and getting goal line work with then J.D. McKissick still as the receiving back there. That's true. McKissick being there does tamper some some expectations, but but you've convinced me to go go look at him and, and try to try to get him on my team and time it right with the buy and all that sort of thing. So sometimes got many fantasy owners, they just don't have space on their roster to stash a guy who is on a buy. Usually those guys get dropped. Um so if you if you can, you know, work that the right way, that could be uh that could be pretty good. It's it's kind of the situation like if somebody on your team is questionable, but they're probably going to be out and then you can put them on the IR spot uh or the out spot. Um and then you free up a roster spot and all the other high named waiver wire guys are gone. So then you go in and you look you start looking at next week and you get ahead of the game and then that's when you get a guy that's on a buy that that could be pretty valuable. Yeah. All or right. Okay, I was going to add one thing, or even in Dynasty where you have, you know, more roster spots and you're looking to just have rookies who could be something later for you. This was a guy that they, you know, decided to cut Lamar Miller and um, Peyton Barber and keep him on the roster instead. So the team has shown that they believe in him being the true backup uh, from a running standpoint behind Antonio Gibson. It's good, good stuff. Insight from... uh... Harrison, who spent some time in Washington this summer. So, uh, so very cool. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap things up with our one hit wonder of the week. We give you a one hit wonder song. We give you a one hit wonder player who maybe got into the end zone, but we don't expect it to continue. Uh, my guy is saints fullback, Alex Arma jr. He caught one pass for a one yard touchdown in the surprising win against the bucks. And so uh, I don't expect fullbacks to score too often, but it's always fun when they do. I try to give them a little bit, lo- a little bit of love on this show uh, when they get get six points, uh, but it doesn't help anyone's fantasy team. And then how about the one-hit wonder of the week? I, I did a song last week that that's always shows up in commercials. I got another one for you. Return of the Mac, Mark Morrison. Return of the Mac, always a good song. You can't, can't beat that beat. It's always... Uh, Makes makes you bob a little bit. So uh you know that one, Harrison? I was in the yeah, 90s. I think that was that was um right when COVID was start everything was opened up a little bit. Didn't Google do an ad with them and they had all <laughs> yeah. these different stores that were like called yeah. Max something and they played yeah. that song? Yeah. There you go. That's it. Yep, that's the one. So that's that's always fun. What about for you? So my one hit wonder player is from that same game, um, Saints and Buccaneers, and it is Cyril Grayson. This is a guy, second career NFL catch this week for a 50-yard touchdown late in the game. <sighs> Crazy. They elevated him off, of, off the practice squad this week with the Antonio Brown injury, and he was in in a crucial moment. It made the best of it. I mean, he was had 20 yards of separation from anyone else on the field in that catch. It's almost like the Saints didn't know that he was actually on the team, so they just didn't try to cover him. Um, and he interesting fact about him, 
didn't even play football in college. He was actually a track star at LSU, and he showed off some of that speed on that 50-yard touchdown catch. If, if I'm not mistaken, he celebrated pretty uh, excessively. Is that right? Yeah. Did you see this? Yeah, I, I saw that. But, I mean, if this is your your first, like, real oh, catch no, in the I'm NFL, you got you got to milk it a little bit. I mean, come on. Uh, what a moment to, to bust out a play like that after not even being on a roster two days before the game started. It's just crazy. I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. Tom Brady should have grabbed his ball and thrown it in the uh, – <laughs> given it to a fan. <laughs> no, I'm sure that guy – I'm sure uh, Grayson kept it. Cyril Grayson. That's a good name. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, and, good one, Hit Wonder. And my song for the week – is by Dexy's Midnight Runners, Come On Aline. I don't think I know that. No? It's a, another catchy tune. I don't think we can play it on here, but I'll have to play it for you after the show. Okay, cool. I like it. Come On Aline. Aline? Aline. Aline. I don't, even, I don't even know if I've heard that name before. That's a that's a new one. Yeah, the only time I've ever heard that name was, yeah, from the song. Or isn't, who is, um... From Seinfeld, wasn't her name Elaine, Elaine. in the show? Elaine. 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 Yeah, so I guess no, no, no Elaine's then, huh? No, I, that's a new one. That's a new one for me. Maybe, maybe it is Elaine. Maybe. Not- I'm, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There's your one hit wonder, Harrison. Great job, man. Good luck to your fantasy teams this week, and we'll talk to you again on Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare. You can go to unpackingit.com slash partners uh, to find out more information about them. And we greatly appreciate their support of this show and their support of Unpacking It Ministries. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans and fantasy owners who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we will text, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare.